Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Italy, the show of moving from a small Italian island to the UK just for the challenge, hospitality, digestives and aperitifs, and most importantly, Fernet. Yes, we all know and love Fernet, and today's chat is with the global brand ambassador for Fratelli Branca, Mr. Nicola Olianes, who travels the world sharing drams and talking about the amazing digestives, aperitifs in the Fratelli Branca portfolio. We talk about Fernets, we talk about Branca Menta, and so much more. A very interesting path into this trust relationship with the Fratelli Branca family. And so many great things to learn about this guy. Super nice, very, very insightful, and just fills the room with his passion. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Nicola Olianis of Fratelli Branca. I'm passionate about spirits that I wasn't passionate about kids, but then you have one in your hand. It, it changes it, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Having a kid is something like, uh, it's like starting to climb a mountain that you, you cannot go down anymore. You just have to keep on climbing. Right. You cannot stop. You can stop sometimes just to look at the, uh, look at the, of the view, yeah. which is beautiful, but then you have to keep on to- climbing. And nobody's coming to rescue you. Yeah. Being a, that's it. That's it. You have no choice but to move forward. You have forward. no choice, just like be more exactly. Yeah, to progress. Exactly. Once you are there, you do it. Simple as that. That's incredible. They, they say that sharks always have to be moving. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I picture myself more as a whale than a shark. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that process of constant, constantly moving. Exactly. We, we talk about narratives and we talk about careers. And it seems like you've had an interesting sway in this industry and others. And you've been involved in food a long time. But let's go back to, you know... Sardinia, outside of Sardinia, is food a big thing? Yeah, well, time? in Sardinia, it's like it's a big thing because we are an island. So for us, the most the, the higher representation of hospitality is be, be, be bringing people at the table. Ah, yeah. So food is a big thing, not as a matter like of having like a fancy food, but just give the best of the best yeah. to people that come to visit us. So like pig is a really important thing. So mm-hmm. salami, prosciutto, and the cheese is a very important thing. Uh, Sardinia being an island has developed its own culture and its own way of approaching things uh, and also is being really poor all the time mm. uh, like we, we we cook things very easy and very th- simple thing and most of the things have to have a very long shelf life right so right. no preservative no addictive no nothing but just salt simple. though salt works right? salt works that's my um, favorite one yeah. of, of course like <laughs> when we, salt works a lot <laughs> yeah. and vinegar works the same oh, br- too yeah. because Acid. salami is made with vinegar so like there's food for us is very important. My father opened a restaurant when I was a bar and a restaurant when I was four. Really? So I've been living in this since I was four. I still remember when my father had to put like three chairs together so I could sleep while he was closing the bar down. Oh wow! And I've been living with this brand since my life. When you, if you're when you're young, you see Punta Mes, you see 
Fernabranca, you see Branca Menta, like yeah. just like as something like belongs to your like as if it's your like a room, mm-hmm. you know, like at home. Like these are the things, the items that the the, the present that every day. So yeah, it's a home. T- it's your home team. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So where, no matter where you go. So I, I, kind of like uh, I always been in this, in this industry because I feel really connected because I know what's going on there. I know the pain and the suffering. I know the effort, but also I know the joy of doing things proper. I know the joy of like uh, making people happy. I know yeah. the joy of doing like, proper hospitality. I know the joy of the fact that people coming back for you and give them something like, because you are feeding people. You're giving something like uh, to giving eat. them life, exactly. giving them energy. Yeah. You're taking care of them like in a way, like in very like primordial way, in a very ancestral way. Yeah. So which is something really connect me very well. And then you know, at some point, I decided to move from the industry. I've like been in the industry, so I was a bartender for all my life. Wait, so was there? You know, here's an interesting thing. I talked to a couple of people on the Irish whiskey. Jack Teeling, for instance, his okay, father. His fa- you, yeah. Jack's a great guy. Yeah. His father built that industry, hmm. Jesus. and <laughs> and I said, Jack, did you ever feel like you had to do? Like you had no other choice but to get into the whiskey industry. So. For you, Nick, did you have a choice? Well, I, I had a choice. I thought my life was important to capitalize in experience. So to try to get as much experience as possible for any industry possible. Mm. But that was something that I belonged to, the hospitality industry. Uh, whether it was alcohol or food. I used to work in San Pellegrino for eight right. years. Yeah. I was in charge for a fine dining program for all the Italy. So I was really involved in that. But I was involved in a few aspects of that. Not only like just like the, just a small part of it, but in all the aspects of the industry. So I had the chance to have overlook on every th- aspect of the industry. Yeah. I was working in coffee. I was a coffee connoisseur for four and a half years in London. I was working for a, a roaster company in, in England. So we were making coffee for other companies like uh, Costa or yeah. Republic or Cafe Nero. And I was barista training. So I was teaching people how to make coffee, but then integrate then also in hospitality because I was telling you, the coffee doesn't have to be the issue. The coffee has to be good. Mm-hmm. It's actually how you make people feel while you're having a coffee. Right. All, the, all the hospitality of that, which was important. So I was training people on that. And also, every time we were, they were opening new outlets, I, was, I stayed there for three days more. So I want to see the way things were going. And then going back to them, tell them, listen, this is the mistake you're making. These are the things you should do better to yeah. improve the quality of the service. So it comes down to one simple thread. Yeah. People. Yes. You've always loved people? Ah, yes, I do. I do. I, I love how to communicate with people. I love to share yeah. things with people. I love what people give me all the time. And I think that everybody has something to give you. Sure. That's that, something that can give you, that you can learn from. Uh, it's like learning for free because you make people talk. And, and don't they, t- So don't say that aloud because that's what this podcast is. I'm just getting all the information. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not so happy. Okay. Just okay. This is free. Th- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm free. Okay. No, I'm saying that I, 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 I love being with people. I mean, yeah. we are, I mean, maybe because I, I come, again, I come from an island. Yeah. And, uh, so you little, always, little siloed. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you always miss the part that you can exchange information that easy with people. So it's like uh, once you get a chance to move from there, you say, you see, okay, you can connect with people in the fastest way, in yeah. a better way. You crave for that. You want more. Uh, and, and also, I always feel that. If you be, want to be in the society, if you want to be with people and share with, something with people, you have to have something to give. Sure. You know? So this is something like, I want to I leave a sign on every people that I meet. I want to leave like, they Imprints will remember like a, me. Yeah, right. right. Because uh, if they, I always think if they come through my path, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So I really want to do that. I, I, I agree. It's the same thing with my father. As we, we grow old, as he grows older and he finally starts to drink a bit more, we bond more than we ever have because he's mm. loosened up as he sees, you know, I got less hours left yeah, than, I, yeah, than I did. I so he opens. And so I, I think about what that impression of him will be once he passes. 
and to anybody around him. It would be it was a guy who was easy to get along with and easy to talk to, and I just wanted to have a drink with him. Mm. So thinking about maybe your legacy just as a man beyond your son and being a father, mm, mm, mm. what would you like people to think about you once you've passed? Well, hard question. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know you change the way you are and you change the way you think you want to be yeah. uh, almost like every day. Right. Depends what you meet, depends on your experience. So uh, I want to be respect. I want mm. people to respect me for who I am and for the way I am. Mm. And uh, this is what I think I'm gonna. I, I mean, oh, I, I'm a I'm a father. Okay? Yeah. And this is what I think that this is the what the whole reason why I'm here. My son is the north. Now sure. it gives me direction. It's my magnetic north, and the, the the responsibility that I have towards him is to teach him to be like a good person. Yeah, uh, and this is the only thing I want to be. I want to. I want people to remember as a good person. I want him to know that I was a good guy. I yeah. was a good person, and I was unique. I want to be unique. I want to be just myself, and simple as that. But this is the the thing I want. I would like to people to remember me. Not for my profession, not for like some special thing I do, but just for the way I am, the way I, who I was, and yeah. the people the people want to join to stay with me and share with me. As simple as that. I'm a simple guy and like with a lot that. of information. No, but that's good. It, it's the experience, right? It's you've, you've just had the privilege, in some sense, to, to travel and to yes. see all these things. Like, let's face it. Like, let's like, let's contextualize. I've been doing this job of a global ambassador for eight years now, wow. uh, and. Uh, Megan, that she's, she knows me like for three years, she can testify the fact that since the first day she met me, every time I do a speech, every time I do a seminar masterclass, mm. I deliver the same passion of since the first day. Yeah. And this is what I do. This is why I am, because I'm doing all the time with different people, because this is what I want to do, delivering passion and share the passion with people. Right. Uh, I want people to see that this spark in my life, in my eyes, while I'm talking about the things that I love. There is a glimmer. I can see it right now. They, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the all beauty of it. Why you have to wake up in the morning not being like, like that? Right. That gives me reason to wake up and be in a mission every day. Because you're almost in a mission every day out there. You, you just like, by the time you're just like in your bed, you by yourself. But by the time you just walk out in the, from your room, from your house, yeah. you're with people. Yeah. So let's make it worth it. I absolutely agree. So... We have a problem here probably more in the States than a lot of other countries do. Mm. We're pretty obsessed with our phones. <laughs> okay. We're there all the time. And this is not a comment. I mean, she's <laughs> Megan's working, so she's got to do this stuff. Like, I'd be checking email if I was working, too. Yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> Just leave it aside now. Do, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that removes us from each other? Being on Twitter all the time, engaging in this virtual realm, mm. instead of just sipping a beer for night on this table here. Uh, I think it's, uh, let me let me give you like a background of my answer. Sure. Okay. Uh, I come from a, like a I'm 42, so yeah. I've been living in a, pl- in a analog meets digital. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. in between. I was living like in, 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 when I was young, we didn't have cell phones. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to meet with somebody, just give them an appointment, and that's it. You have to show up. That's it. Right. Uh, if you want to reach somebody, you have to call home. That's it. You yeah. know, you don't have you you cannot be reachable every, everywhere. So then I had the cell phone, so I had also the probability of switching my life in a different way about keeping those values with me. Yeah. Now, I'm, I've got nothing against that. My son is three years old. He can easily take the phone, op- like take, put, like, put the code, and um, do a, take a picture. Or watch right. YouTube, watch his cartoons, what he likes. So, 
two things we have to remember. We have to educate people on how to use the technology. Mm. But this is it's not being without the technology. Technology is good for us. It gives us the chance to share information uh, like in, in any aspect of our life. Right. Uh, we, we have to educate people how to interact with them. The thing is that it's not that technology is telling, telling us apart. What sets us apart is the fact that we think we don't have time. Oh, it's the time yeah. we're more concerned about. Not the technology, not the phone, no Instagram, <coughs> but it's the time. So if we, have to, we have to get bored again. Mm. And also we have to give us excuses to stay with a person and sip something and have a, ch have a chat. Right. I mean, this is the other thing. We, we don't get bored anymore. We're scared to get bored. We don't like complexity anymore, and we are really hard to get along with complexity. Yeah, it's not. Let, let's not blame it on the cell phone. Right. We have to blame it on on our education. We have to blame it on what we are making us surround by. Yeah. Uh, so, let's try to find excuses to get along together and speak together yeah. and spend some time together. And I don't mind people checking the phone, and email, and doing Instagram and social media. I don't. I don't mind. I do mind with people that don't have anything to say. This is what I don't mind. The people that are not doing things. I'm living out someone else's life. I'm right. living someone else's experience. This is, I, I do mind about that. This is something that I, I, can't, I can't afford to tolerate. Yeah. Well, because we're given, you know, depending on whatever spiritual views you have, at least for right now, we got one shot at this. Yeah. Right? yeah. And if we don't make the most of it, what did, was the point in the first Ex place? Exactly. Right? Exactly. I'm here. I'm with you. <coughs> and I try to do two, two things. Uh, be myself as yeah. much as I can. <laughs> and uh, give as much as I can to you in this opportunity that is coming now just one time and try to give everything so I'm opening myself uh, I'm not getting naked like, but, well, no yeah. that's not necessary yet yeah, I but, mean maybe, maybe later but yeah, yeah. for now this is quite stimulating yeah, just with clothes on exactly as much fun as you can have well, with clothes we have on. just some furniture here now so. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the amount of shots that's true <laughs> Well, that's good, you know, and w before we talk about the cult of Fernet, which okay. we, we must definitely talk about yeah. it, okay. it's like the black flag of spirits, you know what I mean? Like mm, this underground mm, kind mm, of mm. thing. But we'll talk about that. But it, I'm curious because maybe this makes sense now with what you're saying, that you want to frame an experience, you want to create one for yourself, and then, of course, you pay that forward as you get older. These experiences come out. I learn things from you. It's recipro reciprocated, right? Mm. The move to London and to study marketing there, was that something that just happened? Was it quite intentional? Had you been thinking about it? Uh, I moved to England uh, when I was uh, 20, on my yeah. 20s, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, being like in a small island, as I said, there was no many chance to exchange information with yeah. other people, and I was craving to see more. Uh, and and uh, I never studied English in my life. So Really? Yeah, never. Never studied English in my life. So there was like this gap of communication between me and the people that I was meeting, especially like when I was working like a bartender or yeah. working in a hotel, working in hospitality, I wanted to communicate with people. I want to say things. I want to learn from them. But it's like it your favorite thing is to talk to people, right? Exactly. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> so, but I, I couldn't do it because I couldn't, I couldn't speak English. So I decided to go to move and take a plane and just some, it was one way, one way flight. I had no money to really? buy a return. It was too expensive at the time. Was it, was it bittersweet going from the place you'd lived your whole life to this new place? Well, no, no, I, I was quite young in a way, so it was, I was like kind of like pampered by the experience yeah. rather than thinking by the consequences. So it was like more sweet than bitter. It was bitter there. My yeah. tears were really bitter while I was there. I had no money to come back. 
uh, I couldn't speak English. I couldn't understand anything. It was hard to find a job. Yeah. So my tears were really bitter <laughs> on my way back home every night, like under the rain in England, you know, but coming from an island, which is the Caribbean of Mediterranean right, Sea. Right. You know, it was, it was cold. It was January. It was, it was hard. But I was doing, I was there for a purpose. I knew that I was doing something. I knew how to do that. I, I knew how to walk through the path to reach something more, to reach mm. something different. So I did it, and I was like being conscious. I know that. Uh, but then I realized it was something good for me. Today, I'm still grateful that that night in, this, in January, I decided to buy a ticket and move to England. So I decided to go to Bournemouth, though, because London, I thought, was too much for me. That's yeah, very overwhelming, even as someone who speaks it, English. Exactly. So I thought, well, that city is going to chew me up and spit me out like in a, in a week. Yeah. Or I, I will be hanging out with just with Italian and being there after three years, I've, I've learned nothing. Right. So right, yeah. I decided to go to a smaller town. Bournemouth was, seems to be where, good. Where is it in relation to... to it's what? southwest, nearby Southampton. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But I didn't like Southampton because of the Titanic, because I hate the Titanic <laughs> movie, because I used to work in the <laughs> cinema, and I've watched the Titanic something like 85 <laughs> times. So I don't want to... Is, is, your, is your concept of love destroyed too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I ever learned about relationships is from Titanic. South Central, Bournemouth is a really cool town. There's like 350,000 people living there. But it's a university town. There are good bars and it's by the sea. So I I went there, stayed there for three years and a half. And then I decided to move to London. Mm. Uh, Where I started working for this coffee company as a coffee barista trainer and a coffee connoisseur. Uh, that, That was one of the best choices I've ever made in my life. To move to the big city and just To learn English. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to yeah. learn, to it was my uh, Rosetta Stone. Yeah, like the way that finally I can communicate with, with the world. To a massive cl- exactly. piece of the world. Yeah, so much information again with the experience. Yeah, you know, so many people that I meet from everywhere else in the world, so many countries, and you realize how small you are. Yeah, and then you realize how big you are. At the same time, wow. this is so so cool. You realize how much things you have inside you didn't know, and you realize how many of those big things you thought you had inside, how small they were. Right? Uh, Did you? What, any tips for learning in English when you were there in Southampton? Uh, in Bournemouth. What was it? it? I was in Bournemouth. Oh, Bournemouth. Excuse yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any tips for for learning English? Any movies that you would watch? I heard. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> well, the fifth, first of all, I was working uh, just with with English speaking people. Okay. Okay. I was have in a, to, have yeah. To get some bar- yeah. I was like in. A, I was working as a bartender in a Caribbean bar, so there were just like people talking, like uh, speaking like Bob Marley from the morning yeah, to the evening. Yeah. So you know, it was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, tell, tell me, you had long hair? N- I, no, I didn't have. Oh, long hair. Okay. No, I didn't have long hair. You know, I, I maintain my Italian status, but still, I was there. <laughs> I was wearing like tiki shirt. So. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's that's pushing it. That's a little bit too much. Uh, I was working as bartender, the bar manager, and. Uh, two things I did. I was watching movies that I knew uh, from from Italy, yeah. but I was watching it in English. So I kind of understood what, what they were saying, so I was connected with that. I learned English the same way a kid learned like, his own language. Right. I was like imitating sound and connecting sound to action. Yes. So, oh, just to contextualize, if you, if you hear something like guys saying, like, can you give me three bottles of Budweiser, please? And I saw the bartender... Going in the fridge, opening the fridge, and taking the three bottles of Budweiser and giving to him. Yeah. I knew that that sound it was the action. So yeah, I was yeah. imitating like a parrot everything. <laughs> so you learn the accent first. You learn to talk first. And then, of course, it took me like six months uh, to 
answer to the phone at the bar yeah. and take some notes because I was scared of the phone because you know we're Italian we j- like we move our hands very much body language is important for us if you don't see somebody moving their hands of their line of see move their face mm. it's hard to understand what they're saying in which way they're saying so it took me a long time but then you know then you wake up one day and you learn English and you speak English you know I had a dream the first time after six months I had a dream in English oh, so wow. that day something clicked in my hand and everything came clear in my head I could understand songs I could understand people Everything was that easy. Yeah. Still today, on my, I, I, when I speak English, I just speak English. I'm not translating from Italian then English. Right. I, I just switch from the language. That's great. And then that gives me the chance to open my mind to learn more things in other language. I speak Spanish. I speak a little bit of Portuguese. I understand French, mm. and I speak Greek today. So man, it gave me the chance to open well, my I, mind a little bit more, and I'm willing to understand more. I'm like a sponge for that. Yeah. Uh, and still maintain the parrot attitude to try to, try to copy <laughs> well, no, things. I think that's having a framework to solve a problem is important. And yes. We've got this rote yes. memorization, right? But yes. then that, that's how Rosetta Stone works. Yes, totally agree, yeah. it, And it works, and it's good, but it's not contextual ever. This is the way I approach things today. I'm more for the problem solving in terms of that people sometimes give too much attention to the problem rather than move forward and solve the problem right. itself and then get along with that and then do things. Keep on doing things. Yeah. Problem solving is very important. If you can find a solution, it's just like, I think it's like the way you train your mind on solve problems rather than just like be too focused on the problem, blame yourself for the problem. Just move forward. Time right. is coming. You know, people are moving around, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the way I, I approach things today. How was moving to the biggest city you'd ever lived in? How was the nightlife? How was the in social life in, Lo- in London? In London. Well, London, it was, it was, it was, I love London. Uh, it's one of my favorite capitals. Yeah. And I, I like the, I, I like the, the mix and match of history and the modern thing. Right. And I, I, like, I like the mix and match culture. I like all the culture mixing together, but adapted themselves to the, to the local laws, to the mm. local uh, habits. And still maintaining their own tradition. Uh, it was nice. Uh, bars and clubs, amazing. You start approaching like brands and, uh, and spirits you never seen before. Yeah. Uh, new cocktails, new way of working. And also what I like, I, I like the fact that people would give you chances. Yeah. So you, like, you start working in a bar and after six months, if you prove that you're good enough, you can be a supervisor. And after th- maybe a year, you have the keys of the bar. You can do the banking. And you manage people. People gives you chance and opportunity. Yeah. I, I think it happens the same in the U.S. I'm not. I'm not yeah, it doesn't happen right. here. Well, if, if anybody can stick around long to work through, that's the problem we've got. We're just like, oh, laser pointer kind of mentality. We're like, oh, what's the next opportunity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So that, that, it was it was good for me, and it gave me a lot. And that that type of approach, that type of mentality in terms of business wise, mm-hmm. uh, it was something that gave me the chance to work for the San Pellegrino because when I. After 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 seven years, I decided to leave England. Yeah. I was like in a, in a, in a cross. You call it crossroads? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like in a crossroads. I say, okay, I either stay here and I just stay in England and I buy a house, I get settled, everything. Start a family too? Was that even on the? It wasn't. Yeah, it was. There was a chance. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I mean, I mean, you're making a, it look at like a grimace. So I like it because that's like, no, nah, I don't think that's really the choice. <laughs> well, that was, no, I was I was with a girl. <laughs> yeah. She was Greek, and we was been together for four years. And she wanted to move forward in the relationship, but she wanted to do it like in England. And I thought, okay, am I going to stay here for the rest of my life? Yeah. Or I want to go back to Italy. So I said, listen, I, want, I don't want to give you like hard time. I, I think this is our experience ends here. So she's, I decided to go back to Italy. Mm. I thought my future was in Italy. But I thought also that it was time for me to leave England. And 
we were sharing this morning the same the same thoughts with Megan today. I say at some point you have to uh, take everything you have on top of you, like mm-hmm. all all the experience, all right. the surrounding, everything that makes you feel good, all the comfort zone that you are, yeah. and move to the comfort zone and be naked for once and say this is let's second see time we're talking about being naked, I, Nick. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's warm. It's, it's warm. I was in Cleveland. It was minus two, man. <laughs> Sorry to distract, but that you're right. You gotta be uncomfortable. Sometimes. Exactly. I, 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 this is what I like to do. I like to get out of my comfort zone and say, okay, let's see how much I've learned. Yeah. Okay. Like, let's see how, really all this experience. How much they're worth inside. Let's see right. how can I get it, get it. How can I get along with my experience and nothing else? Yeah. So I did. I moved back to Italy and knew nobody. I didn't know the industry in Italy. I didn't know the market in Italy. I didn't know nothing. You, but you didn't move back home. You moved to a diff, different. I, I went back to Sardinia for oh, a you couple did? Okay. months. Yes. Uh, I, had my, I had my studies in England, of course. I studied international marketing yeah. management in the Bournemouth, at the Bournemouth University and then business studies at uh, South Islington University mm. in London. Uh, but in terms of like life, I didn't really experience. So yeah. I said, okay, let's like get out of the comfort zone. Go back to a really harsh country, like where there's no really much. Let's go back to Sardinia. Stay there for a couple of months. And then uh, I start sending like resume to any possible company uh, ever. I sent like, a resume to San Pellegrino, had, a, uh, had an interview. There were like 600 people for the first interview. Uh, then I went through the second interview. There were like uh, 25 people for the second interview. And then they called me and uh, I passed it. Mm. So I started working for San Pellegrino for some special project. And then uh, were, we were like 25 guys doing the same project in Italy. Uh, then after three months, I did. I there was like we had like kind of a, a KPI of doing some activation, or whatever right, right. bars or restaurants, and I did two thousand seven hundred percentage of increase. And the guys called wow. me and said, "Listen, you either are lying, or <laughs> because we were communicating like like with a computer right, uh, right. information, or we actually we made a mistake on uh, on the project. So come here and explain us what you're doing." So I went to the main office. I said, "Listen, this is what you're doing." This is the project. This is what I think you're mistaking the project. This is the way you should approach the project. Right. And this is what I did. And this is working. And the guy said, okay, are you willing to teach this to all your colleagues in Italy? I said, yes, of course. So that I've been a co- uh, they, I moved from being like just like a, like an amb- uh, a promoter yeah, yeah. Uh, to be the coordinator of these guys. Uh, and because you were good at it. I don't know if I was good. Well, I how was about this? You had a talent, to, right? Yes. I was selling. I was, yeah. But I was, think, I was looking at things from a different perspective. Uh, I was looking at things from the pro- from the consumer perspective point of view, which is really important. You That's never have to forget that. Absolutely. And uh, also, people tend to for- when they do this job, when they do like when you work in bars, industry, hospitality, they forget when they were uh, customers. Yes. <laughs> this is the simple. The first thing you have to. It's remember. called empathy, Nick. Yeah. That's exactly. what it. Yeah. Know who your customer is and exactly. feel like they exactly. feel. Exactly. Yeah. You have to remember what, what do you expect from people to give you when right. you're a customer. Yeah. So this is what I was transmitted to them. Uh, and also passion. People sometimes lose their passion very easy, and mm. this is something that actually brings you like a deployment on the performance, which is really, really low. Yeah. So maintaining the passion, and also because of my English background in terms of approach of the business, yeah. like be methodic, doing things on, on the same way, do it like proper, right. and so forth. So I Analog meets digital again. Exactly, right? exactly. So I brought all this, and they, 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 they asked me, okay, you're going to be the coordinator. Uh, then I was uh, then I moved into the fine dining exp- fine dining program with some Pellegrino and Panna, and uh, I was doing an event in Milano, uh, and I was like kind of like presenting the event. It mm-hmm. was like a chefs cooking for other chefs. It was a kind of mix and match event, yeah. and I was presenting. 
And at the end of the event, a guy came to me and he said, uh, listen, if you can talk about water for one hour and a half, <laughs> I wonder what you do with my products. I said, which are your products? <laughs> well, from the Branca. And who are you? Um, Mr. Branca? Oh, geez. Okay, yes. <laughs> I can do a lot with those. <laughs> so I had a job interview. Uh, it, it, was in, it was May 2010. Yeah. And uh, June 2010, I started working for Branca. And since then, it's been a fantastic experience every day of my life. Yes. The most important things for me, the most things, I mean, one of my best achievements that I can say in working in Branca is the fact that today these guys, me coming from nowhere, uh, my name is no, my surname is not Branca, my surname is Juliana. So I come yeah. from a small town so south of Sardinia, south of Italy. We, we call by them part of the family. Wow. Uh, I'm, you know, this just gives me chills yeah. every time. The count calls me, I say, you're part of the family. Eduardo calls me, you're part of the family. He presents me as part of the family. Uh, so eventually he'll start asking you for money. That's what it means. Eventually. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> I, I want a share. <laughs> okay. Give me shares. <laughs> no, just... Uh, 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 this gives me, like, this is really important, like, be the one that is entitled to go everywhere in the world and be allowed and the only one allowed to talk about this company, about right. to talk about these families. And I think this is something that is really important. It's really good for me. You are the and guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm the one that, I'm the guy that I can go in any market and speak for the family. And, and I, they told me, how do you do that? So I said, listen, I talk about as if my surname was in the bottle. Yeah. I want people to respect my surname. I want my people, the people to respect the liquid. Once you clarify that, everything else is easy. Mm. But I want people that have to understand that they have to respect the liquid because it's through respect that you gain longevity. Simple as that. Sure. If and this, this, is, this is a company who wants to deliver the company health enough to the next generation. Yeah. It doesn't care about the next fiscal year. It's care about the next generation. And this is my mission. This is why I'm here for. This is what I travel for. To make people approach the liquid, to make people approach the product, approach Fenebranca, and understand the product, and uh, then respect the liquid. So, simple as that. Well, then now we are to the point that I was hoping we'd get to, and that okay. is to talk about... Okay. No, and I, I'm not about brands, but there is this mystique. There is this cult following, this underground Pasolini, Fellini-like nature, and I'm a huge film buff, right, and love Italian film, but there's <laughs> something about... Fernet that invokes a sense of community among the people who know about it. Was this ever intentional in the brand that it would become the thing that we all know about, but it's still our safe, nicely kept secret? Uh, yesterday we, the, we actually went through the same question. Yeah, same question. No okay. kidding. From Kiki, from okay. Yeah, yeah. And my answer, I think. Okay, I would be maybe it's the same. Maybe I try to give more elements. Uh, you, you cannot say by yours. You don't. You don't get to be charming or romantic. You're just born away. Yeah. And people wow. identify you as charming and romantic mm. because this is the way you are. This is the way you approach it. This is some of the inside things that you have. Now, Frederick has a lot of things on his own DNA, mm. but it was born as a remedy. And I think everything, every every passage that Goes get those fam that that family to create this liquid is important still today in the liquid himself. Yeah, let me clarify that to you. Uh, I I had the chance to have a dinner in the most famous restaurant in the world, three star Michelin restaurants, two star Michelin restaurant, Mombasa 830 in Hong Kong, whatever. Wow, like yeah, okay. 
Jean Ferriat in, uh, in, in Spain. Noma. Noma, okay. Right. Still, every time I go back to Sardinia, I crave for my mother's greens beans. <laughs> Please, okay. I'm going to have to ask you, why are they so delicious? Because I love green beans. What does she do? This is the question <laughs> I always make to her, you know? Oh, she won't tell me. Uh, she won't tell me. She just no. says, oh, they have fresh green beans, uh, olive oil, garlic, and some fresh chopped tomatoes. And then after years, I understand why they're so good. Because she cares. Yeah. Because she cares in every choice that she makes to deliver those green beans on my plate. Those green beans are made with love. Yeah. This company cares about every passage of making Fernabranca, delivering the Fernabranca in a market. Every passage. Like choosing the right suppliers, respecting the, respecting the tradition, respecting the recipe, the wood that they use to age the product, the, the people that work in the company. We do yoga. Our employees in Branca do once per week yoga lessons. Yes. How do you uh, like that? You're quite a tall guy. You're pretty flexible. Uh, no, well, <laughs> fortunately, I'm not there <laughs> to make everybody ashamed to be their colleague. Okay? But I think this is one of the secrets. Is, is, is having this thing in the inside. Of course, Ferdinand is very versatile. We don't tell you what should you do with Ferdinand. We right. tell you that like, it's, it's natural. We tell you it has no sugar. We tell you it's made with love. We tell you it's made respecting the tradition. And then, according to who you are and your experience and your need, you adapt the Fernabranca to yourself. Yeah. So it could be an aperitivo, it could be a digestive, it could be a remedy. If you drink it with hot water, it's a, it's a perfect remedy. But it could be like fantastic bartender handshake because it gets people along together. Mm-hmm. I think the people that drink Fernabranca as a shot not only are being, not only being the coolest people in the world, of course, <laughs> but also are people that, uh, that approach life in the same way. Mm. So those people are people that overcome the prejudice of things they don't understand with knowledge and curiosity. And once you manage to reach and, and, and to, uh, sorry, to manage the liquid and drink it and enjoy it, it's, not, it's, it's like it's as if you're achieving something. Yeah. Achieving the, the fact that you can drink something bitter and complex and you still understand it, yeah. you can take it. It's a matter of like achieving things. So yeah, we're happy that has all these things, but we don't push any of those. We are still delivering the fantastic and perfect liquid in a bottle. Mm. Like, for us, listen, this is wh- who we are. We are Eccellenza Italiana, uh, which is like a, some, a concept that is hard to understand to, exp- to explain. Mm. The Italian excellence. Italian excellence like, is, a car- is a typical type of company in Italy that started from a very good idea, an illuminated idea from a genius of a person, like Bernardino Branca and his family, mm-hmm. and then every effort and every step that we made in this on 173 years was towards availability. Interesting. So this is where we are. So good, per- good product, high, very good product, and but available for everybody. So everything that we make every day still today is towards the availability, maintaining the course the quality yeah but get the, the product as much as available as possible to people and That's smart though yeah this is what we do this is what we are so so this company is sending people like me <laughs> all over the world to make still today to make people taste the liquid taste yeah. the product and understand the liquid and when i do testing session i always like i i, I, I manage to meet like two different type of people oh, people yes. that love fernabranca yeah and after my testing session they understand why they love fernabranca Ah, okay. And then people that never had Fenebranca before, they might not like it straight away, but they respect it. Mm. I say, well, this is no love at first sight, we know, but I respect it now. 
and understand that there's something there that I have to I need to acquire, I need to reach. I'm not ready yet, but will be soon. Pa- I need, I need passion is that is one of the things that if it didn't have the passion, people wouldn't be willing to go on that journey. Exactly. If it didn't have the transparency, exactly. the honesty, right? Exactly. So I always say the friend Branca is like the truth. Nobody likes the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, exactly. But once you understand the truth, you just want the truth. Yeah. Meaning that once you upgrade yourself, le- yourself to a self-level conscious of appreciation, yeah. you either stay at the level or you move forward. You don't go back if you're honest with yourself. Right. And this is what it is. Another thing is that Fernand Branca tells you always the truth. Since the first sip is telling you exactly how the drink is going to be. Yeah. So this is like... This is why I respect so much the brand because actually a little bit is like me. You know me today, and in ten years' time, I will be the same exactly. Right, smarter though. Yeah, probably grayer. I see a little gray in there. In the <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the same thing with Mega like uh, fifteen minutes ago. Now she met me three years ago, and I'm the same exactly guy yeah. that was three years ago. I haven't changed because this is the way. That is the easiest way. It's hard though. Right. I'm not telling you it's not hard because for these guys it was hard during times not to chase people needs yeah. not to chase what people really want that's right yeah we stick on the fact that if you're pursuing the path of quality at some point you will meet Fenebranca yeah so we stick on where we were and we stick on where we are in terms of like alcohol content sugar content the recipe the fact that we are bitter the fact that we are hash we are dark that's it we are complex you know the greatest companies that ever existed had their vision and they followed it the industry and the economy around them might have asked them to do different things, maybe to compromise, maybe to enhance change. Mm, mm, mm. But their fastidious nature and being fixed on that point in the future, committed to the values, right? Yes. That is for now, that is the great yes. electronic companies, you know, in the States. Is 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 that is them is really it depends on what is your uh, idea of tradition. Mm. People think the tradition is something you put like uh, in a glass cage and you observe it. Interesting. Yeah. For us, tradition is an alive material that you have to shape in a way that can go through time. Yeah. But you don't change the material. You don't change the soul. You don't change the vision. You just like shaping in a way right. that can go through time. So you introduce new way of producing things. You introduce like a better ideas, better technique, but you don't change the whole idea. We still want to deliver a liquid that delivers beneficial powers. The yeah. liquid has those remedy thing inside I, oh, I love Still that today, same materials that. different hands exactly. different curves yeah exactly yeah. exactly so this is what something that this i'm proud of this company of is that they didn't chase people needs because yeah. let's face it do people really know what they want <laughs> the truth is they don't and they well, eventually figure it out they figure it out but it, it, takes it needs a lot of time to yeah. really understand what you really want right takes and a lot of sometimes be careful what you want because it might happen Right, <laughs> so you really have to think about that's it when exactly you walk, right. No? Yeah, <laughs> so power. Like, well, then you're gonna deal with power, money. Well, then you're gonna deal with money. Exactly, it's always better in your mind. Ex- it's always better <laughs> in your mind. It's, it's totally, I totally agree with you. Not, not everything's like Titanic. Exactly, <laughs> no everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> what a great movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. No, maybe, maybe there are like a lot of fans of like, of Fernando Branca. They also love Titanic. Something, <laughs> something bad for the brand. I'm looking at the diagram right now. A lot of them actually seem to like Titanic and Fernando <laughs> yeah, Branca. Right. Yeah, it's it's well, really interesting. It's funny enough because like Fernando Branca was one of the first spirits like shipping in 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 boats during yeah. like a uh, uh, immigrant period uh-huh. because people want to have something during the travel because. 
they were feeling sick during like the, the, mm. the boats. So Fenerbahce was helping them with that. And also because they were drinking like against malaria, I guess so many illness that actually de- they were developed during the trip because the trip, yeah. of course, was very long and the healthy condition was not, they were not the best. They were drinking Fenerbahce. And we also developed a special package for the sailing boat with the anchor and the F- FMB uh, oh, that's crazy. Uh, scene. So this is something connected yeah. to to Fernabranca. Maybe on the bottom of the ocean there's like a case of Fernabranca because it was in the Titanic. You never know. You know you just launched a big expedition now. Oh, yes. Yes. You can do like vintage tasting like on the bottom of the New York Times tomorrow. Vintage Fernet found at the bottom of the Titanic. That would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be the best hanky-panky of my life? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is riddled with a little bit of intrigue and violence, but still the most valuable bottle in the world. There's, this is a brilliant portfolio, though. I, I know that a lot of, like, Punta Mas, perhaps, or Campano, Antico, get eclipsed a little bit in mm, the, the mm, portfolio. Uh, well, we have to clarify that in terms that Fernabranca was, a Fratelli Branca distillery was bought as a, for Fernabranca, mm. and then Stravecchio as a brandy, and then we had the Branca Menta, mm. and those are the different products that we don't do anymore. Okay? We used to make also our own vermouth. Oh. Like Branca Vermouth, we used to make bitters. Like if you had like power of distilling herb and spices, mm-hmm. you at some point you make everything. Yeah. You also may used to make rum. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. If you come to the museum, you see an amazing amount of product you used to make. We oh. don't make those anymore because we decided to be focused on what we were good at. Right. So we focus on Branca, We focus on our Branca Mente and our Stravecchio. And 1980, we had a chance to be approached by Carpenter family. Mm. Carpano family is older than Fernabranca. Really? Yeah, 1786 for uh, Carpano and 1845 Fernabranca. So it's older, 232 years old, 173 Fernabranca. Wow. Uh, that, pro- that company uh, was sharing the same values and family values mm. the, of Branca. So the problem with Carpano has was that they didn't have any more successors to, to continue the tradition. Oh, so wow. they came to Branca, they came to us and said, listen, we share the same value. But we don't want to lose those value by being acquired by a multinational company or whatever. Right. So can you please buy us and continue that tradition? So it took us like 20 years to decide. So because we did the first part of the acquisition in 1980, and we finalized the acquisition in 2000. Wow. So as, as Branca today, in, uh, in relation with Carpano, we have like this relationship. First of all, we, of course, improve the product yeah. by improving. By our you, get some, you get some trade secrets. You yeah, understand of course. I do we have like a, yeah. But knowing the way that we change the recipe, we proved the product so we actually man- we, we were able to maintain the original recipe oh. and the original characteristics because we had the technical knowledge and understanding on how to do that yeah. without changing the recipe, without changing the liquid. So this is what we do. Second of all, we are the guardians of the recipe. We are here to maintain the recipe and the tradition. That's why all the yoga. You got to be flexible to defend people that try to steal exactly. the recipe. Exactly. It makes sense to me. Simple as that. So even in, in, in terms of vermouth, we, one of the biggest things that Nicolo Branca did was not to chase trends mm-hmm. on vermouth. He maintained the recipe that he was, and he knew that at some point people would come back and look for the original recipe, for the original taste, and so he did. And at some point, Antica Formula was the number one selling vermouth in the world, Thanks to, thank, I think thanks to Antica Formula, people start discovering classic cocktails mm-hmm. because they had the chance to use like original products yeah. within the cocktail. Be transported. So, exactly. Yeah. So everything started in the U.S. Actually, everything was started in the U.S. Thanks to our portfolio managers, thanks to our important, and thanks to the vision of Nicola Branca, they decided to 
star exporting Antigua formula in the U.S. Yeah. Now we are like a worldwide uh, known vermouth as the benchmark for vermouth in the world. It's a, I mean, it's not a bad team. Not a bad team of products at all. No. You can go into any door, you it's know. A very, it's very hard to have like a, a football team made of number one people. Right. Like, yeah. can, does it, if it was make, all John Lennon's, the Beatles made of four John Lennon's. Yes. How would that work? Yeah. And this right. is hard because you have like Fernabranca, which is unique as the number one. Yeah. Then you have Broncamenta, which is like amazing favorite, product. Yeah. It's oh, unique. Yeah. You have nothing like that out there. Then what you have? You have Antica Formula. Wow, Antica Formula. Wow, <laughs> people know that. It's like now you're just showboating. Yeah, well, if you could see like the, the, the market of like uh, vermouth being like the market of vinegar, Antica Formula is the balsamic vinegar. Right. It's not even the same sport. Yeah. Something like something else, something totally different products. Uh, then you have Punta Mes. Again, something unique, like some bitter sweet mm. uh, aperitivo on the bottle, the first, maybe the first pre batch cocktail in the world. It was like a Milano Torino in a bottle, ready to drink. It was yeah. hard to drink. You just had some soda water as a drink product. It's 1860 product. Uh, then you have Cafe Borghetti. <laughs> it's unique. <laughs> Cafe Borghetti is an espresso in a bottle. It's a freshly made espresso in a bottle yeah. with alcohol and sugar. Simple as that. And it's unique. Since 1860 recipe, we preserve the recipe. It's still the same today. You can, I mean, you can have like 10 football teams. Enough, enough, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have Stravecchio, like the yeah. number one selling brandy in Italy, 1888. Uh, we use the biggest barrel in the world for Asian brandy to do our Stravecchio, which is 90,000 liters barrel. So it's, it's something crazy. Every product has its own story, has yeah. its own storytelling, its own path. Uh, this is, the, I think for Nicolo, this is the hardest task ever to keep on the same level of this these number one players right. in the world. It takes a tough coach. It, t- it takes a tough coach, not to make them fight. Yeah, well, to keep the peace, but also keep winning. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's hard exactly. to move on. And not to treat one better than the other. Right. He loves all the brand. He loves all, all the product as his own children. Yeah. And it, it gives them the same opportunity. This is the good thing. It gives to each one of them the same opportunity. That's what he does. It's not pushing one more than the other. Right. It's, it's giving them the same opportunity to, to emerge and do well. Yeah. And what he does to them, what is he doing? Is maintaining for each one of them the quality, preserving the, the method of preparation, and delivering the best liquid in the bottle for mm. each one of them. That's what he's doing for them. So I don't normally ask this question because people talk about, well, it's made with this fresh stuff here and it's all this exotic stuff. But Mentes, it's, it's an interesting thing to me. I really, really love the eucalyptus and the mint kind of flavor. So with the things you can say, what, it, what is the process to get that into a bottle for me to enjoy at my home? Okay, well, uh, Bracamenta is Fernet. Yes. Okay, it's Fernet Branca. Okay. At the end of the process of Fernet Branca, we announce the flavor of the mint by adding like pure oil extract of Menta Piperita Piemontese, the peppermint from Piemonte. Mm. Uh, the secret of this is the fact that the guys that provide us with peppermint oil are making the same oil and the same product since 1904. Wow. They do it totally natural. They steam the, meat, the freshly made peppermint for 72 hours. They collect the steam and they just distill the steam to make the oil. Wow. Which is, is long, is expensive, it takes a lot of techniques, but then it gives you a result of such a unique flavor mm. and nothing, no chemical. Well, it's, we, yeah, absolutely. We drink sure. Branca Menta. The mint is a fresh mint. Sure. Very yeah, crisp. Fre- yeah. Very crisp, fresh mint. Nothing chemical, nothing like a, an imitation of life. Yeah. This is the real mint. For us, this is the mo- maybe one of the secrets that we use real things. And as I say, sometimes reality is not for everybody because right. we eat and drink most of the time surrogate. 
And once we surrogate, we don't recognize the right things, the, the real things. And we, we, we don't recognize them. We, we think they're not nice. You're right. Cinnamon whiskey. Does it really taste like cinnamon? <laughs> Probably <Whoa>. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something like, this is a problem. This is another mission that I think we have. Get people in touch with real taste of things. Yeah. Uh, let me clarify that to you. Um, my son, okay, he loves cookies. Oh, he loves cookies. Man. He loves <laughs> yeah, cookies. pretty good. So every time I go back to Sardinia, and uh, so I have few, t- I have just not enough time to stay with him. So I try to get the best out of it, quality. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I say, well, you love cookies. I'm gonna cook cookies for you. I can make cookies. Okay. So I go to my father's farm. I get the best eggs. I have flour. Mm-hmm. We make oil. We make everything so fresh. And I make like the cookies for him in the oven. Fantastically cook, and I give the cookies to him. He hates the cookies. Oh, he no. doesn't like them at all. And I say, why you don't like them? They're so beautiful. Now I understand why he doesn't like them because he doesn't know how the egg tastes like. Oh, okay. That ta- that ta- the egg tastes too much. Deep, yeah, it's yeah. He is so used to the taste of the cookies from the shop that they taste nothing. They're just like chemicals. They're right. just like plain taste. So he doesn't recognize the truth. Yeah. Simple as that. You know, it's interesting as you mentioned people not really having a story. Right, people yeah. kind of being maybe not spineless, but just not really about a lot of character themselves. Yes, if you don't other people, perhaps. This is the nature of a lot of food. It's it's, it's neutered. Yes, right. Yes, absolutely. So this is another mission for us: get people in touch again with taste of real things. So we do like first of all, every time I do a testing session for a branca, uh, I do like a three sip testing session. Mm-hmm. I get people to say, listen, don't for as a first time. Even if you are like pro on drinking from a branca, do it with me now. Do it yeah. like first sip, the second sip, the third sip. Try to get bored a little bit. Try to make some questions. Yeah. Get scared again. I like okay? that. Like, uh, yeah. just, just do that. Don't get uh, too comfortable. Don't yeah. get too comfortable with that. And, you know, I don't think this is the way that... We, we don't say this is the way you should drink in front of branca from now on. I say this is the way we should approach things in general. Mm. Being yeah. curious, like making questions, get bored a little bit, you know, and, and take the challenge and not be scared of the challenge. Uh, my, fa- gr- my grandfather for breakfast uh, every day, salami and cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like the fancy cheese from like the grocery shop in Manhattan. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about something like hard as a rock piece of cheese that's yeah. been in his bag for like <laughs> three months. <laughs> I'm talking about like a salami that was like his 25,000 years old salami is like hard. Yeah. But this is what he had for breakfast every day because he was in the countryside taking care of the sheep, taking care of the animals. So this is what he was eating. Yeah. When he was 18, though, he managed to approach whiskey. He was not scared of it. When he was 20, he was smoking a cigar and he had a family, he had a job, he had like six kids. He was not scared of challenge from life. He was mm. taking things with like, okay, I can do that. He mm. was strong. Today, we are, str- we are scared of a six-month relationship. Yeah, right. We don't want to lose time. We're worried about losing time. We're worried to get bored. We're worried to take a challenge again. So this is what I do. I invite people to get a challenge and try the Fenebranca, sip it. And the, the curious thing is that how the old taste come together. Like the first sip of Fenebranca is bitter and is alcoholic and it stays there in your mind and you're scared of it. It's like the first three sentences of Dostoevsky. Oh, you want yes. to take the book uh. and throw it away. Or but like uh, 120 days of Sodom. Exactly. <laughs> and the first three sentences is telling you exactly how the book is going to be. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So this has something you have to put up with. So Fenebranca is going to be bitter, alcoholic. We know that. So the second sip you start giving like shapes, names, and color to the bitterness. And the alcohol actually is changing something more complex. 
You know, the beach is coming, is becoming like woody, tannic, it's green, it's mm. the bushes, it's the skin of the tree, it's roots, it's the countryside, it's the field, it's natural, it's spices and the herbs, it's India, it's Africa, yeah. it's coming from all over the world. And the balsamic, the, the, the alcohol is instead is getting more complex, it's mental, it's fresh, it's intense, it's like, it's, a, it's galanga, it's adoaria, it's ginger, all the things. Mm. Then the third sip is like is the magic happening. The bitter and all these names and colors and shapes come together and stay at the same level. They embrace each other. Exactly. Yeah. And it is sweet, it's complex. I'm not saying it's not bitter anymore. The bitter stays there, but it doesn't scare you anymore. Right. You have it in your hand. Yeah. It's like, it's like an experience that we all do once in our life. Uh, once, you get the, once you meet a new person you've never seen before, you just see an unfocused shape of this. You know? hmm. Then after 10 minutes, you start noticing some details. Yeah. And then you start talking with this person. And all, all in a sudden, after an hour, let the magic happen. Shape and details come together. Now you have the person again. Mm. That's right. All together. It's one person. You can see everything. You can see the shape. You can see the details. You can see the person. Mm. But the shape doesn't matter anymore. The details they don't matter anymore. It matters the whole picture. It's all connected. Exactly. Yeah. But it's the same person that we met one hour before. He hasn't changed. We change. Mm. We start making questions. We being curious. We overcome the frightening the things that we didn't know before with knowledge and curiosity. Simple as that. Don't judge. Experience it. Don't judge. Experience. Yeah. That's, that's a lovely sentiment. And see, you know, perhaps people think maybe we're just talking about booze. But no. We're talking about humanity. We're talking about love. We're talking about art. It's all of it. It's yeah. all interconnected. Well, it's also booze. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I know. Cocktails, yeah. are, cocktails are good. I, yeah. I, I love, I mean, my favorite cocktails are like uh, Reverse Manhattan. I love, I love Sazerac. I love, uh, I love like uh, Potec. I love mm. uh, Hanky Panky. I love uh, Vieux Carré. I love Boulevardier. I love, I love Margaritas. I love yeah. Daiquiris. I love uh, Mean Julep. Brandy Crusta. Right. I like drinks. I like good drinks. Though. Sure. I like good booze. If I have to do it, I have to do it good. It has mm-hmm. to be good. I'm not doing it just for doing it. Well, you so. come from the best cheese and meats and, and, <laughs> you know, in the world. I mean, it, it's a dedication to quality. Absolutely is. Also, I think I wanna, the way I approach it makes the difference. Mm. I'm not judging that everybody, one is better than the other. It's just a matter of, like, everybody's good. I mean, right. It's like everybody does his, his, the, the, the best effort to deliver a very good product in, in your plate or in your drink or mm-hmm. your glass. So the way I approach it, I approach, the th- I approach things the way I have to approach it that I want to drink something good. I'm looking for something. Mm. I make questions every time I'm eating something, every time I'm drinking something. So this is the, the way. The inquisitive mind. Is, what is it? An, an unexamined life? There's this, I think it's a Henry David Thoreau quote. But nonetheless, yeah. just inquire all the time. Think yes. about things. Well, so you're here in Austin. I've got two questions left for you. What do you got on the docket with Megan here while you're... I mean, this is a great year in town, in Austin specifically. The best city in Texas. I don't care what Houston <laughs> thinks. But what do you got planned? What are you going to well, get into? Again, uh, the reason I'm here is to support the amazing job that Megan mm. did and she's doing in this market and supporting her with my present. Uh, delivering something more. Yeah. Uh, say hello from the, to the trade from the family. Yeah. It's the main thing. A lot of yeah. hugs, right? Sorry? Lots of hugs. Lots of hugs. Yeah, you'll yeah see. I'm <laughs> a big guy, so I can give hugs. Uh, but this is what actually the counts wants me to do. Say, go in the market and say thank you for the people that are supporting us mm. from me. <laughs> you 
know? wow. this is something this is something important it's not like his first worry is not try to get new consumer try to get new accounts yeah. we have sales people do that and they're doing an amazing job for that we are totally covered. our growth in this market is amazing like month after month yeah. so people are really changing their approach and we have a good people in the market uh, accomplishing that the, the search for quality so right. this is what is good me we are here to, i'm here to say thank you to to support the trade to pick up information because people say ah oh, you're the global ambassador say yeah okay this is my title okay mm. but i'm just a guy that works for branca yeah this is who i am just a dude i'm just a dude <laughs> that i'm lucky enough to live in branca because yeah. my apartment is within the production site so I smell and I live in Branca every day. I yeah. wake up and I smell like chamomile because we infuse chamomile at 7 o'clock in the morning. Right. We make espresso for a Cafe Borghetti at 8 o'clock in the morning and I smell and I drink Cafe Borghetti freshly made. I live the brand. I live the product. But also I'm here because there, in this industry there's like a, a big problem. There's a breakdown of information between the field mm. and the company. The field has a lot of information that we need to pick up, to yeah. understand to see what's going on. Well, how can we support you better? This is what I'm here for, to understand and then share this information with other markets and with other companies. Right. And on the other hand, this company has a lot of heritage, a lot of information, a lot of things that they need to be in, in, the, in the market, where they really need to be. They don't have to be in a museum. They have to be in a bar. They have to be in the hands of bartenders. Yeah. They have to be in the hands of consumer to understand who we are and to approach better and to appreciate better our liquid. This is what I'm doing here for. This is what I'm here for. Mm. Do this job, which is easy in a way, uh, but is an everyday task. Sure. I wake up with this intention to approach people, and uh, even you. I'm here. I'm here to, for the people that are gonna listen. This right. Million right. of people that are gonna listen. Of to course, this broadcast. Million, multi-million. Multi-million. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the multi-million people are gonna <laughs> listen to this broadcast. I'm. 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 I'm sure. I hope I'm not. They're not gonna get bored by my sentences, my, my no. voice, my accent. But my first thing was to approach you. Yeah. I want you to be closer to the brand that you were before. Sure. To have a better understanding on who we are. I want you to understand and approach better the liquid. Mm. Because you are the ambassador. All these people they are ambassadors. I'm here to set new ambassadors, to get people that will approach other people that will talk about the brand in a proper way. Yeah. With respect. It's lovely. So this is I would say sorry guys for everybody you're listening to me now, <laughs> but the most important person in this room now is this guy that I'm talking to. Hey, all right, finally. You don't <laughs> <longer Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So this is what I'm here for. That's a great people and to say thank you for the family right. and to answer to questions that my people have about the, the about the liquid and every the good the, I mean the thing that this family likes is the fact that everything I say about the company about the liquid is my vision is right. my perception sure. of the liquid this is how I live it uh, this is the way I breathe this liquid uh, the way I breathe Fernibranca. And the family, and I think that's the best way to deliver any message with yeah, transparency, yeah, yeah, with exactly. honesty. I share with you my experience. Yeah, I'm here we don't do seminars. I always said that we don't do seminars. We don't do masterclass. We do sharing moments. Yeah, oh, that's just lovely. Sharing, just sharing, continuously sharing, and picking up. Yeah, yeah. well, all the, the time. Speaking of sharing, hmm. so this is the last question I've got for you before we dive into some barbecue and probably some more Fernet. Well, we'll see about that, right? It's like, I don't know, it's like one thirty or something. Uh, but <laughs> oh, it's at least six it's, in Italy, right? It's like, it's, no, it's actually, it's that 10 to 9, uh, dinner right. time. Actually, aperitivo is gone now, it's dinner. Oh, per- perfect. Yeah. 
So you, let's say you are in any bar in the world, and you can sip Fernet Branca with anyone living or deceased. Who would you love just to sit there, have a conversation with, and have a couple sips? My grandfather. Yeah. Uh, was a cool guy. I never had a chance to share this information with him, this, yeah. this passion with him. Um, the salami and cheese guy? Yeah, with him. Not afraid. No. Yeah. I want to share the person with somebody that does this experience naturally. Mm. And he was like that. He was like that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That. It's a lovely story. Any, yeah. any other person were, yeah, would be nice. I yeah. could have to tell you any other famous person, like Hemingway, <laughs> like some. Everyone says Hemingway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure about that. Some like, uh, I don't know, prohibition shit people, right. whatever, you know. It's my grandfather. I, I think that. Again, that's I want you. to show him, just to prove the fact that now I'm the guy that can take complexity and I'm understand why he was doing it. Yeah. He was preparing himself for me, for me, my father, for my son. He took all the effort to be the way he was for us, yeah. to make it easier. And I can show him that I appreciate his job. Simple as that. It's lovely. Nick, it's been... Just a terrible, terrible pleasure, self-indulgent pleasure to sit Thank here and you. chat and sit for net. I hope you love Austin as much as I do. It's and my it's third time here, and I just love it's it. It's great, right? Yeah, because it has like good, like good food. Yeah, uh, simple, nice. Bar the bartender community is great. Wonderful. It's very united. It's very like it's a real community. Uh, for Baraka is brotherhood, and it's about brotherhood and sisterhood for the bartender community. Yeah. So I can feel it here. Uh, Everybody respects each other, and so I really, I'm really happy to be. Here. And again, you get the hostess with the mostess, Megan. <laughs> Megan, Megan's been always like uh, inspiring for me. Yeah, we follow each other on Instagram, on Facebook, and I'm always looking what she's doing. And I'm always, you know, the good thing is that every time I come to the U.S. to meet these guys, our portfolio manager, our ambassador, yeah. the first thing I say to them, listen, guys, I've got nothing to say to you because you are. The people that I talk to talk about every time I do seminars, everyone is in the world. Yeah, I talk about these guys what they do. So I'm here, here just to say thank you. Just a dude. Just I'm just a dude. <laughs> yeah, and just the drinks furnace though. So we were a pretty sophisticated <laughs> well, dude. <laughs> very much. Thank you so much, Nick. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, there we have it, Nicola Olianis of Fratelli Branca, a really nice guy, very very passionate about. Digestives, aperitifs, amaris, all of these has built this great relationship with the Fratelli Branca family. It's been an interesting go from kind of hospitality in his blood, though, in the early years and moving into other elements of education, marketing, for example. But it's good to hear about his history. It's good to hear about the history of Fernet. And he's just in the market. You know, it was a really great opportunity because he doesn't make it into Austin very often. So the lovely Megan Sparks in her previous role helped coordinate this conversation. It was great. The upstairs at Friedman's, you know, it's a nice kind of warm afternoon in Texas and we're sipping Fernet and talking about life. And I hope that comes across. I hope it's inspirational potentially. I hope that it's definitely educational. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many Foursquare Rum limited edition bottles you're going through at an exponential rate because it's getting colder outside. Or if you're thinking, I don't know, they could make a Halloween too rebooted, but would anybody even watch it? Please keep dancing.